0: to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online.
1: Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous or Cartoon Therapy. That's me on Twitter. If you can write a review, write a review for the show. I love reviews. If you want to just write in and give me your two cents and tell me what you think about the show. I love listening, uh, hearing from my listeners. I really do. People write in all the time. Um, it's always exciting. Send me an email at podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to be on the show, send me an email there too. Uh, I have a guy on the show today who was a listener and he was listening to a recent podcast that I had on with a young kid who was in a DGLG or relationship I don't remember I don't even know what that stands for I always get confused but he said as a listener he was listening and he was really freaked out because or he was like actually laughing because the kid who was in the that kind of relationship couldn't really explain it and he was like I could totally explain it so I was like oh why don't you come on the show Uh, because he says he was a six-year-old guy dating very younger women, and that was going to be the topic. But turns out that there was a whole lot more going on with this guy. We call him JR. So we touch upon uh, the DDLG relationship, which also gets us talking about BDSM world because I think it's sort of similar or he explains the similarities and the differences Uh, we talk about all of the cheating that he's done uh, behind his wife's back as well as all the young girls that he's screwed (laughs) he gives some details about that but what we talk a lot about which I find interesting is his divorce that's looming this is a six year old guy who's like after you know a really long time of being married is going to take the plunge and actually get divorced and we talk about that too so it's a well-rounded really interesting podcast Uh, so I'll be right back on with JR
0: do you have a story lifestyle or
1: situation you can't talk about
0: to anyone to anyone
1: or do you just want to let your
0: freak flag fly and be on the show well Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly
1: Anonymous. Hey, JR. Anonymous. Welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you?
2: Hi, Kathy. I'm great. Thank you for having
1: me. Okay, cool. Like, um, So this is the deal, JR. You were a listener of the show, right? We had just talked a little bit before I started taping and you loved my show and you were always a listener, right? And then you recently wrote in because you were listening to one of my episodes that I um, recently aired. It was a whole DDLG relationship thing that I was having. And I was having a conversation with a caller who said he was involved in that relationship, but he couldn't really explain to me what the hell that relationship was or what that the, what that means? Like I didn't really understand it, and you were like you wrote it and said, "Hey, like I know exactly what this kind of situation is because you're 59, right? You're married, and yeah. you prefer much younger women." You said so. You've had these kind of relationships, right?
0: Yes,
2: I've, I've, and there's some caveats that I've had some relationships with much younger women. Uh, most of my experience with the DDLG stuff has been online. Um, so that there's been a little bit of a difference, but it, it meshes some.
1: Right. And when you say online, do you mean that like it's just strictly like you're emailing or, do, or webcamming with these people when you're doing that whole DDLG thing, but it's not like in person you're having sex with them? I don't understand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll either be... Um, and mostly what I do is is like do instant messaging and texting privately Mm -hmm. or, you know, and having like virtual sex, cyber sex,
0: Mm -hmm. or
2: doing that in a chat room. And I do it mostly on adult friend finder um, Uh, in -hmm. the chat rooms.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's just start off with like your relationship history stuff, because you say that you're married. Now, how long have you been married for?
2: Okay. So I've been married for 25-ish years, 23 years.
1: And now um, I, yeah. to the same woman, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and it's my only marriage. It's her second marriage. We mm-hmm. have a sixteen-year-old daughter,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and there's we've always had communication problems in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last ten years, ten, fifteen years, they've gotten um, sort of steadily worse. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we both contribute to it, like every relationship and such, but. Um, she has many good qualities, my wife, but she is a very, very lousy communicator. Right. Um, and
1: and is this the reason, like, I mean, were you always sort of cheating on her throughout the marriage or did you start doing that kind of thing when, you know, the communication thing started to get really bad?
2: Yeah, it's really that, I mean, I didn't cheat on her at all in in the early days. And as we sort of went out of the, you know, the gaga, googly-eyed phase of mm-hmm. marriage or whatever, and into more settling down and, you know, building a house and, you know, settling in our careers and that kind of stuff, just the, the the lack of communication and the frustration with not being able to resolve our differences and stuff just came more and more front to center. And I didn't even, maybe even consciously realize it at the start, but I just, started sort of being open to other things happening outside the marriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I, you know, once I, once I realized that that happened, I was actually kind of terrified by it. Like, Oh my God, I'm a cheater or something. Why is this? And it took a while to get my head around.
1: Right. Because I guess you never, like even before her, I'm assuming you dated other people and you were always a pretty monogamous guy.
2: Yeah, very much so. Uh-huh. Very much so. I'm a, Relationship sort of guy,
1: right? Okay, and so when, like, when what was the first experience that you had? Were you kind of straight? Was it just a virtual thing, or at that time was there even virtual stuff, or was it um, like an in-person sort of hookup?
2: Yeah, it was. It was. It's actually really funny. The first time that anything ever happened mm-hmm. was in person,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, we were at a at a sort of a public Halloween party.
1: When At you say "we," you theater. mean you and your wife?
2: My my wife and I, yeah. Okay. And um, and so during the party, we were out there dancing with all these other people, and and this other woman started sort of dancing with us, and then with me. Um, and I really didn't give it another thought because I I had noticed that she was there with another
0: woman, mm-hmm.
2: and so we joked around, and you know, I I loaned her my high heels because I was dressed up as a barbarian Girl Scout from the future.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and <laughs>
2: it's kind of a crazy thing. Right. And um, anyway, at, at the end of the evening, um, I went to say, hey, let's trade our clothes back or <laughs> whatever. And I said, you know what? If you like those shoes, why don't you just keep them? And she said, well, give me a kiss. So I went to kiss her a little bit, and she just grabbed me and started making out with me.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: And uh, Where was your wife? And she was across the theater and when I was done kissing this girl, I looked, at my wife as looking at me with the stare of death.
1: <laughs> oh, so she saw um, it. She saw it. Okay.
2: And so we drove home. We didn't speak. We didn't speak for two days. And then she "Sort of, well, how can you do that? You know, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, it caught me off guard. I really didn't know it. And, you know, the woman was a lesbian. I didn't think there was anything there, and it just sort of happened. And mm-hmm. she did it first.
1: <laughs> right. I mean that is kind of true.
2: And so, well it is kind of true, yeah. And yeah. you know, nothing ever happened beyond that. But,
1: okay. Well,
2: one of the one of the indicators was that came up that incident came up like ten years later in counseling. huh.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and that I couldn't be trusted and so and I'm like, Whoa, really? Um and so that was kind of an indicator, but but what that do you was mean? Really an
1: indicator that you were, well, like that, that? You felt that you weren't a trustworthy person because that happened.
2: Well, not that I felt it because that I didn't sh- do anything. Right? After yeah, that, that's
1: probably. what I was going to say. A long,
2: long time. But it's like it's like, hey, it was you know, yes, it was inappropriate. I shouldn't have done it, uh-huh. and I apologized profusely for days and days and days. Uh-huh. And then it didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I hear about it is years later in counseling, and I'm like, wow, okay that had way more of an effect on you than, than I thought even conceivable
1: right and she had been holding so, it in for so long
2: yeah exactly
1: you know this exactly. is 10 years later but in that whole 10 years from that kiss and that when she revealed that in the therapy had you <clears throat> cheated on her in that time
2: no. And it may not have been 10 years, it may have been 7 or 8, but whatever, whatever. But a, no I
1: had. Okay, yeah. so so when do you but you said that when you first like did cheat on her or what when you did first start straying like you felt really bad. What was that first experience and when did it happen?
2: Yeah, so um well it happened in a couple of ways. Not I probably the next thing I did and I'm trying to get the the order straight but think the next thing i did is i went and i got an escort when i was traveling Uh and so i paid for sex and And i remember you like do
1: that that one time considering you were such this like monogamous guy that was so like you know on the up and up and you had never cheated like what was it about that one trip or that time in your life like what did something happen with your wife that you think you know was the turning point that you were like fuck this i'm just gonna go you know,
2: do this? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a weird thing, and I, I can't point to one particular thing, except uh-huh. I just felt like we, like she and I were getting less and less sort of connected emotionally. Uh-huh, okay. Um, and, you know, and our sex life was going downhill. We weren't having sex nearly often, as often and such. And I just felt like, God, I just want to, you know, be with someone. Mm-hmm. And I did it partly as an experiment, just to see. Okay, I'm going to do this thing, and how am I going to feel about it? And and I still remember the the woman and I was traveling and such, and so we did our thing, and then I walked outside and I sat down. And I said, "Okay, how you doing? Are you feeling guilty?" And I'm just like, "No."
1: Well, wait, I'm confused. I I felt like when I asked you before, like when was the first time you said that you felt really bad, like, oh my God, I'm a cheater. Or were you saying that that's how she felt? Like, because I felt like you... No, that's
2: how she felt.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) That was the whole story why you went into that whole Halloween story thing about her thinking...
2: Yeah. Right? Okay. I didn't feel bad about that because I thought, whatever, this woman kissed me. It's no big deal. But she was the one that I, I think for my wife it was that halloween experience that that in her mind destroyed her trust in me
1: right but when you and, started and when cheating on her you didn't pr- feel bad you didn't feel bad about it because your relationship was already breaking down at that point and you felt and listen i ask these questions so that you know <laughs> not just women but men too because i've heard when people when women cheat i ask them too like what do you think was going on in your relationship to make you stray and like I think it's helpful for people to hear about the fact that like when there isn't communication going on and when the sex starts to go out the window like if you don't really tend to these things right like a a totally monogamous Mm -hmm. guy or woman who is otherwise like I said monogamous or super honest you know might wind up doing something like this because of The stuff. So it doesn't mean like that person's a terrible person. It's like you have to take it into this context of what's going on in the marriage. You know, sometimes shit happens and things are going down and this is what happens. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, and I totally agree with that. Um, And, you know, because, you know, I think I mentioned to you before the show that, you know, I, I all but begged her to go to marriage counseling
0: mm-hmm.
2: for years mm-hmm. and we've tried it a couple of times but it's usually well actually it's always been her that stops going um and I'm really comfortable with in you know, a counseling things like look you know we're having trouble figuring out our problems let's get some help what whatever we're doing isn't working right so and and
0: it you know, just, to me, fell on I just deaf felt ears. like
2: yeah, and the intimacy was going out of our marriage. And, you know, I'm the kind of guy where, and this is going to sound funny since I just told you I went to a prostitute, but I'm the kind of guy that needs, I need to have an emotional connection. No, I
1: was going to say that um, when you said that she was like emotionally distant or whatever, and then you said you wanted to find an escort, like I was going to say that it wasn't just about the sex for you. Like you wanted that also. Like you oh, wanted no, more not than, at all. Right? <clears throat>
2: Very much so. Yeah. Totally.
1: You're that guy. You you said you're the relationship guy. Like, I knew that about you because of this, you know, certain things. Mm hmm. And I know other guys and, like that. i not just a guy. That's why, what, why things like happen at work and stuff. Because, you know, a man after yeah. a while, just like a woman, needs like to feel good about himself too. And if his wife is always like belittling him or not treating him well, you know, he will like the attention of another woman if somebody else is giving that to him. It's just like human beings okay. in general are that way, you know?
2: That, yeah, totally true, and that's exactly was my situation. It was textbook that way,
1: mm-hmm. right? Um, and how was the and sex? So, and how was the uh, like? So you didn't feel bad about it right after you did it?
2: The sex with the prostitute. Mm-hmm. It was super fun.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! I like mean, you hadn't been with another woman in so long, I would assume it would be like amazing, right?
2: Oh my god! It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I've done that a number of times since then, but, you know, I met this, this young woman and she was so sweet and so nice and just played her part very well and was very attentive and made me feel good It was everything I'd been missing. And, um, you know, you know, and fast forwarding a little bit and then we can go back, but you know, it's been, my wife and I haven't had sex at all in like 10 years.
1: You're kidding. Um, so she does she I like assume that you're not screwing anybody else, or does she is you had told me also you're getting divorced, <laughs> okay? So I know this. I mean, did she catch you cheating and she's like, I'm leaving you, or does she just assume you're getting no. your needs met someplace else?
2: I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know because we don't communicate that.
1: Right. Do you think that she went um, through menopause and that's why she doesn't give a shit about sex anymore?
2: Well, she did go through menopause because she's let me see, I'm fifty nine, she's fifty six almost 57 Mm -hmm. Um, she did go through menopause but even way before menopause she just stopped having interest in it and to be honest I stopped having interest too because we were so emotionally disconnected that it just wasn't appealing to me right Mm -hmm. and and I know you know and I I have friends you know I have male friends that their marriages are in the you know in the tank and stuff but they still have sex once in a while and I just it just doesn't work for me
1: for
0: because be it you
2: right know, or be it wrong.
1: right? You need that emotional connection. It's not like a whole as a whole. Like you want you you need to sort yeah, it, right? Exactly. And, no, I exactly. get it. There's a certain kind of guy who's like that. And I think it's more so the guy who's monogamous, more so the guy who's like a real relationship guy. You know, you're not the type of person that's like a one night stand guy, right? So it's just like it totally right. makes sense. You know? Um yeah. so, you, no. so go on. Sorry.
2: Well, so then, so then in, and actually I can remember the, uh, yeah, not long after we had started, stopped having sex, right when we were, right when it was down to its last couple of times,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I was working on, uh, an election campaign and met this young woman. She was in her early twenties, you know, like 23, 24. Mm-hmm on the campaign, and we got to just be friends through, because campaign work was really intense, and, you know, it puts you together and all that
0: yeah. stuff.
2: And, and, uh, and we ended up having sex on campaign night at my office. So that was the <laughs> first kind of real one without money, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this 20-something-year-old, just cute girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't feel guilty about that either.
1: And let me ask you this, was that a a one-time thing, or did you continue to see that girl afterwards?
2: You know, we were going to continue to see each other. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time we saw each other was actually at a restaurant with the campaign staff the week after the campaign, after election day. Mm -hmm. And I was there with my wife, and she was there, and we kept looking at each other across the table. And we ended up going to the restroom at the same time and I yanked her into the restroom and gave her this giant kiss and she was all about it and stuff. And then we talked a few days later and she goes, you know, I don't think I can do this. I think you need to deal with your marriage.
1: Right. She was kind of like turned on but also horrified at the same time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. uh, So, So and then, you know, I've I've had a few other sort of half- Blings, you know half sex like you know not completing but lots of messing around and stuff since then and they've been let's see they were all with women in their 20s
0: Uh late
2: 20s and one woman i met online and we met at a hotel and she was like 10 years older than she said she was and um she'd never send me a photo and i just wasn't attracted to her but we fucked anyway
1: Oh really? Okay.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> she, but <laughs> but we we'd gotten to know each other very well and had had a lot of like online sex and phone sex and stuff. So I liked her, but once we got there, I just the the physical aspect wasn't there.
1: How was the actual sex though? You know,
2: actually it was it was it was pretty hot, I have to say. She was totally into it.
1: Right. So there was and, a lot of chemistry there.
2: There was some chemistry, yeah. And we kind of fucked our brains out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um And, yeah.
0: So now, was this? That,
2: that's really.
1: Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. No, you go on. That's really. We're both talkers.
0: Okay.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> I know mean, we have to keep saying, no, you go. Yeah, no, yeah, you go. You go. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny because we did become kind of close. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I was getting some sort of emotional stuff met, and we really clicked and jived and stuff, so there was chemistry. But um, I I would love it if I was, like, so enlightened that physical looks didn't matter to me. But they do. I mean, Uh it's just the way it is. And so we had a great experience, and then I told her that, I mean, I did not know how else to say it, but, you know, just the physical attraction wasn't there.
1: Oh, my God. And she was really hurt, but then... Couldn't you have yeah, lied? I didn't know
2: what else. To, well, I couldn't figure out what to lie about. I thought about just, it a lot.
1: Yeah, you could have just like you died or something. I don't know. It's so rude. It's. I think there's nothing worse. I horrible. Than, I felt horrible. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, how do you? It's like basically telling, like, to tell a woman, especially, like, I don't know that you're just not attracted to her. <laughs> oh my god. I wish you would have called into my show before that. I would have given you the advice. I, I wish just, I had
0: too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would have it's, given it's you a good lie.
0: Sometimes, <laughs> <I know.
2: laughs> and sometimes when you do this online stuff, you're used to being, I mean, it sets up this kind of super directness uh-huh. because people say more than they would say in person, at least for a long time. And so you have this sort of, you know, kind of this brutal honesty that comes out, and I think I went with that, and I really regret it. It was horrible.
1: Like, what did you say and specifically? Like, I'm just not attracted to you?
2: No, I said, I said, I really like you. Everything's there, but the the physical attraction just isn't happening.
1: Right. Yeah, that's pretty tough. So, especially because she had really yeah. great sex with you. So you dumped her. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh God, oh God. Was she, a, was she a D, was that, like, were you involved with her with the DDLG thing? Like, could you explain that whole scenario?
2: Um, no, I wasn't with her. Um, and probably, probably the, the most i had been involved with someone in that sense um, is with that first girl during the campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I didn't even know what the term meant then
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and then slightly with another girl that we've messed around a lot but not had like full sex so most of my experience in this DDLG and dominance and submission stuff has been online and I've had a ton of it online but it's been online
1: so you really like that whole daddy daughter little girl thing what is that about
2: well, so okay, so and this is what was frustrating me when I was listening to your other show is uh-huh. um, well, one is, it has it's a blending of a couple of things. It, and this is my explanation of it. Other people may explain it different ways.
0: Uh-huh. But
2: one is there's a, a dominant and submissive aspect to it. Um, so a you know, dominant man and submissive woman, there is oftentimes, but not always, an age difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but not always, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's really the aspect of Dee Dee Daddy Dom and Little Girl, and for a lot of people, and for me, it has nothing to do with the daddy-daughter fantasy.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, it's daddy-dom, um, it not daddy-daughter.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's daddy-dom. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a dominant man that is kind of a daddy figure.
1: Right, but it's not but, like her but, real father. It's not like an incest thing. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's not like an incest thing, and and in fact, the the couple of the rooms that I hang, the chat rooms that I hang out in um, on Adult Friend Finder, where you know I have lots of you know online sex and stuff, um, they say this is not about incest, even if it's about you know daddy, mm-hmm. you know daddy figures, you know that kind of thing. So so yeah. And I think it mostly has to do with a dominant man who is kind of a daddy figure who really likes taking care of a younger woman or taking care of a woman that maybe isn't younger. Mm -hmm. And then a woman who is submissive, more submissive, and sort of wants to be taken care of. So it's a dominant and submissive um but in more of a nurturing kind of caring way. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I've had, I mean, I know about the DDSM thing. What is it called again? You know, I know about the DOM and BDSM (laughs) situation because I've had uh, uh, one guy on a couple times and he's really explained it really well. And, you know, in that situation, it's kind of similar to what you're saying, but there isn't that nurturing thing right? uh, Yeah. So that would be the difference. It's kind of very similar, but it isn't like, and also I'm assuming you're not having them like write letters and do a lot of like that kind of stuff, right? There was a lot of like homework and stuff involved. (laughs) Well,
2: yeah. In fact, it's so funny because I was, I was actually on adult friend finder just before I called you and I was having a really in-depth conversation with a a woman who was a a sub. Mm -hmm. And we're really comparing notes and stuff. And this other guy joined in and says, well, I've trained a lot of submissives in my time, and have you had formal training and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I just have discovered this myself. And he was a little kind of poo-pooing it. But but the woman and I were really... understanding each other and understanding sort of the dynamics of dominance and submission, Mm -hmm. Um, which I learned through doing this, these chat rooms and many, many conversations and many online relationships with women. Um, I learned a lot more about dominance and submission and how um, the dynamic is not the dominant
1: taking things from the submissive. It's the submissive giving things. In exactly, the right, like essays. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> like essays? Yeah, I can't get past what, that. What this got, by- essays, like they make them write a lot of stuff. They make them do a lot of work for them. Like they make them write things and draft out like essays. Like seriously, it's like a real uh-huh.
2: thing. In in And that's in a situation where somebody is training a, a submissive.
1: I guess, right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work that goes yeah. In, in involved. Yeah, and I'm
2: yeah well, and and I've never done things in a formal sense like that. Uh-huh. um although i I have with the women that I've had these online relationships with um a lot of talking, a lot of talking about um, you know limits and respect and trust. and so I guess we've done a lot of that stuff verbally, well
0: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> or on um, you know virtually rather than formally
1: and what do you but, think um, but you must get that must be some sort of turn on to you right like getting these women to sort of like communicate because listen this is like what you're not having like getting in your relationship right like all the communication right and that's like what you're doing a lot of with these women
2: exact no spot on I right. mean one is the communication uh-huh. and two is my wife is a control freak <laughs> right. um you know <laughs> shocker um right every you know if all of our problems are my fault for one reason or another uh-huh. um I'm always getting blamed blah 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 and she tends to be sort of domineering
0: uh-huh.
2: um and but I am not a shrinking violet I tend to be a outgoing, active, gregarious, life-of-the-party kind of person. Uh-huh. It's just, we don't jive. <laughs> and and so what I've found is be, because I tend to make emotional connections, I, I have a, a softer side to myself, um, and I've had many women tell this, that that actually makes me a better dominant. Uh-huh. Um, because for me, it's not about it's not about being domineering, it's not about it's not about me taking control, it's her giving control. And there's a huge difference.
1: But let me ask you this, when it comes down to the sex part of these kind of relationships because I know in the BDSM world, that same guy who had these girls writing essays and stuff, I mean, he, they did a lot of jizzing on the girls' faces and, like, degrading kind of stuff that, that is, like, a part of, like, the turn-on, right? Some slaves, like, really mm-hmm. like that, right? In your world, the DDLG world, is there that aspect to, like, what kind of sexual stuff is sort of common in that kind of a relationship?
2: Yeah, and and to me, it's, um, it's more about, it's more about, I'm still in control. Uh-huh. Um, so I guide, I guide the sex. Right. But it's a, it's in a much more passionate, erotic sort of way. And a
1: one-on-one kind than, of a thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: so I'll tell her what to do, or I'll, you know ask her leading questions, you know, is this conversation turning you on? And um, you, like to be, you like me to tell you what to do, that turns you on, doesn't it? Uh-huh. You know, stuff like that, and then sort of seduction in that way. Now, I've tried the other stuff, too, the really degrading stuff, mostly because I've had women really want me to. Uh-huh. Actually, not even <laughs> mostly, all. Really? <laughs> I have, there's one woman that has been a friend of mine online, and we've had online sex like a zillion times, and she just craves to be degraded.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I mean, it took me a long time to be willing to do some of
0: the stuff, you like know, even virtually of, that she wanted. Like
1: what kind of stuff has she wanted? Like oh, you know, like
2: jizzing on, on her face and, you know, fucking her in the ass and then making her suck it and tying her up and whipping her and, you know, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I had a whole um, conversation you know, about this kind of stuff on my podcast once I did like a jizz quiz because I was like, I think that that's like really weird if someone has that sort of thing. But some men are into doing that and some women are into receiving that. But I, I think it yeah. is kind of degrading, but it, that's like a thing, right? For some people. She obviously gets turned on by that.
2: Oh, she totally gets turned on by it.
1: And you not and, so much, yeah, but you just it, do it because she wants wants it? Oh.
2: I like it if a woman likes it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I yeah, right. I find it. I find it. A, I tend to get turned on by what my what turns on my partner.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, like, you know, I would never like with a partner just say, "Hey, can I jizz on your face?" Right. You know, I would have to have some indication. And I guess that's that's the thing about at least the type of domination that I. Am interested in is a lot of it is really about her. It's about what are her limits, what are her preferences. Um and I feel like I have to have permission to do anything because she she has to offer that to me. She has to give that to me. Now, once she does, then the sky is the limit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I will always ask a woman, like, so what are your limits? What don't you like or what do you like? And they'll say, well, you know, I I like, you know, kind of passionate rough sex, but I don't like anal sex. Uh-huh. But Okay, great. And then I don't cross that line. And, and personally, I think that's what being a good dom is all about, uh-huh. is is the subsets the limits, not the dom. Right. The dom works within those limits. And I've learned a lot about that. And that's what separates... Domination and from, a submission from abuse.
1: Right, of course. Um, but don't they always have safe words and stuff like that, right? In any of these kinds of relationships? Yeah. They have to, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But mostly um, all of this stuff is being played out virtual. When you say virtual, it's like in, the, or it's in chat rooms. Are you like on webcams and seeing people? Or is it all just like texting? Like, you know, just instant messaging?
2: Yeah. Mine are all like like instant messaging or in a chat room where everyone can see what you're typing, but you don't have a camera. And I've never taken to the camera thing. I, I, uh, I, I watched a woman masturbate once and she was going to watch me and actually a friend of mine. And then it got interrupted or something. But yeah, just never really gone there.
1: What do you mean you and a friend Um, of yours?
2: Oh, uh, an, an online mutual friend who had, who we had both had online sex with her.
1: Oh, okay. okay. But
2: none of us had ever met.
1: Right. So you were (laughs) going to do like a three way. Yeah. It's so interesting that all these people are like having these cyber sort of relationships. Right. And there's because, and I'm assuming you never meet because it's geographically impossible.
2: Well, it's funny. I've, I've met two women Uh that I met online. Uh Um, both of them I met, not on Adult Finder, Finder but Ashley Madison.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and one was the woman I told you about in the hotel where we had great sex, but it, I really wasn't attracted. Mm-hmm. The one where I was an asshole.
1: <laughs> right. Um, well, just too honest.
2: The, yeah, I know. I know. Um, my apologies to all womankind <laughs> for that one. Um, <laughs> The other one was actually the first woman that I would met in person from meeting online. And it was this crazy situation where we met in a hotel room and it was the opposite. She was just stunningly beautiful. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And we had talked, we had had all sorts of, you know, virtual sex, text, sex and stuff like that. And, um, we met in this hotel room, we got in and we had dinner together. We got into bed, we started getting after it. And she had told me ahead of time that she had a son and her son sometimes has these, med- these, I forget what his thing was, but medical episodes and had to go to the emergency room. So we're literally about to have sex and she gets the phone call.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> and she and had it to interrupted
2: leave. it. She had, and she says, my son's in the hospital. I'm like, well, you gotta go. You have to go. Uh-huh. So she's calling me on the way saying, I want to turn the car around and stuff. And then we never saw each other again. Our conversations went from they went sort of less and less and less, and then she just started stop talking to me.
1: Oh, interesting!
2: And it's still a mystery to me what. And I was asking her. I said, "Look, obviously, there's something that you didn't like. Please tell me. You know, and was I not good look good looking enough? You know, was my dick too oh, small? Oh God, was <laughs> you this know,
1: before or whatever? after you told the other one you were? T- I wasn't this attracted was to before." It. Oh no! Wonder why you were so honest to the other one. I yeah, that's why you were so honest to that one. Because this all you wanted was from this girl to just tell you the truth. Like you just wanted to know, but you probably did. Like it right. wouldn't have been nice it, if she told you. I just didn't like the way you looked. Right. Really, you'd want you to know, know I, that.
2: But she, she, she,
1: well, I
2: don't know. We started this off just with that kind of that brutal honesty I was talking about. Hmm. And I would rather have known that than just radio silence.
1: Right. Uh-huh.
2: Um, or she could have lied like I should
0: have done. <laughs>
1: right right exactly yeah totally i think that that's the best thing. it's hard like there's different rules when you're not like when you've never been with somebody in person and stuff like you know the way you break up with someone quote unquote you know and if it's just like you've never really met them and you just see them and you're not interested in them you could kind of just disappear you could kind of just lie you yeah. could do stuff like that and it's okay because it's not like this is the person that you've you know you've been out with a, a lot of times and you've invested you know and then they they you know sort of earn, right. earned that yeah. sort of you know honesty but in the, these kinds of situations you know maybe she wasn't yeah. into no, you maybe something right. else happened you don't really know you know you'll you i guess you yeah. never would know <laughs> you've never known right cuz yeah, she's but, never gone back to you
2: no no right. never heard from her again Right. And and it sort of ruined me because, I mean, she was so beautiful and so sweet and just so ideal. <laughs> and that uh, was like my first one that I'd met online, so it, it set the bar too high.
0: <laughs>
1: right. How old was she?
2: <laughs> she was 28 and I was, oh, 50, 54, something like that.
1: What would you say you are on a scale of 1 to 10, looks-wise, and body-wise and everything at your age or in your 50s in general cuz that's when you've been like doing all this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I always love it when you ask that question cuz everyone
1: says 7. <laughs> I know. You notice that? It's just a bunch of average people um, call my show. <laughs> I once had a guy who said I he was 13 I, but he was like the, he was crazy. <laughs> like I mean certifiably crazy. <laughs> 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 he was so interesting though. So I, yeah.
2: So I think I'd call myself a 6.83.
1: Okay, so you just don't want to be like everybody else, but you consider yourself average too. Yeah. I
2: I mean I've had a couple I'm, of people who have claimed
1: know, that they were fours or fives. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um but never And I think
2: anybody that's not super arrogant is gonna is gonna, you know, undercut themselves. I mean, I've had women tell me I'm really good looking. Um uh-huh. I'm not tall. I'm like five seven, so I'm uh-huh. not like the tall, dark and handsome type. But you know, I keep in pretty good shape. I'm active. I'm a rock climber and a river rafter and stuff.
1: Right. So your body's um, decent. What about your, like, dick size? Like, are you, like, we're just talking because we're just, like, this is like, you're having just, like, straight yeah. up sex with women. Like, I mean, are you well hung? Are you average? Are you normal? Average. Okay. Absolutely average. Mm-hmm. Not it's just, small. And I only ask, too. I like to know what the guys stuff too, especially when it's, like, older guys saying, like, I want younger guys or they're having affairs because this is, like, It never ceases to amaze me. And like you're in shape, but and I'm sure you have guy friends like this where there's just like, you know, a lot of men like... You know, when they get in their 50s, I have friends now that are in their 50s. They just start that to get that pregnant belly. You know how guys look pregnant when they're in their 50s? You know, and I'm yeah. always like, how many months? You know, like you look like six months pregnant, three months. They get that weird belly fat. Like dad know? bods. Yeah, they get like, no, they get weird belly fat that sticks up like a pregnant belly. It's not like, it's not like sloppy fat. It's like weird fat. And anyway, and it's like these are the I same. I know what you mean. You I know, know what I mean, right? And it's like they're carrying a baby in there. Yeah. And they are the same guys at least my friend, guy friends will be like, Oh, I would never fuck her. She's so ugly and she's fat. And it was like, have you looked in the mirror? Like you're disgusting. I had a guy at the gym recently. He's like 70 year old guy at the gym. He was sitting there in the broad daylight. So I could see everything. He had like rotting teeth, teeth, he had shit in his teeth. Food. He had hair coming out oh. of his earlobes, and he was sitting there just telling me how he just can't fuck women his age because they're so ugly to him, and he would only fuck a twenty-year-old, <laughs> a hot, because that's what he's used to. But to oh this my kid, like, god, it's just are you like serious? this is, but this is men. Like they just don't. It's like acceptable for them to be gross, but they all still want a hot twenty-something year old But anyway, I don't even know why I'm talking about that. No, so you're pretty okay no, but though for true. your age.
2: It's mm-hmm. true. It's true. Well, you know, I mean, I have to fight my belly, uh-huh. um, you know, like when i when it's summertime, you know when I'm riding my bike a lot and rock climbing a lot and stuff, I get a lot thinner i was I was God, I was really relatively thin this summer. Uh-huh. now I got back and it's been insane, and I've been working too much, so my belly's getting bigger, but you know, I'm not fat.
1: Yeah, but somebody but that, I'm listen, I work, work out really hard on. too. And if I say I have a belly, that means I have the slightest thing because I'm used to being super great shape. So you're not talking about, when you say belly, you're, you're not talking about that. When I'm saying pregnant, I'm talking about those people that are like, the pregnant. they're like six to nine months pregnant with twins, like that, those kind of guys. Everyone <laughs> right. has a friend like no, that. I'm, in not their even, 50s. I'm
2: not even close to that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So anyway, not even close to that, but
2: I'm also, I'm not a big guy. So when I do gain a little bit of weight, it it shows more, so I have to really watch it. Well, let me ask you and, this:
1: Considering you're not a big guy, right? Like when you're looking for women, I mean, what's your preference? You know, do you like a curvy girl, or do you like some a girl who's smaller than you? Like, so that you always want skinny girls? Like, what's what do you look for as far as physical?
2: You, know, yeah, I tend to look for petite women. Mm-hmm. Um, I pr- I prefer women that are shorter than me. And kind of slender. I mean, not like, not like model skinny or right. But slender, like that.
1: Mm-hmm. because you want them to be smaller than sling- you. I get that, right? As a man, yeah, like you want to feel like it's the man. Thing. Yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. no I I see exactly. that with men, and and I think women are the same way. Like, I feel sorry sometimes for these taller bigger women because I think it's hard for them to find men that make them feel like a woman because they need a man bigger than them you know what I mean like I think I think a lot of us fall into that category I mean you know so I mean you know we all I understand that just from a physical standpoint that that's why I asked because you said you're not so yeah big right so you look for that but like most of your sex right is done online and like you've never been caught so like do you have two phones or is you and your wife such like like so living separate lives that she wouldn't even care to look at your phone like I mean you don't get nervous about her finding shit
2: you know I used to get nervous Mm -hmm. um I I stopped caring as much um (laughs) Uh and but she doesn't she doesn't look at my phone um right uh, and the
1: computer I mean where are you doing all this stuff
2: um, I do it on on my work computer in in like a incognito window and stuff, so uh-huh. work doesn't know about it. Uh-huh. Um, and I I just keep I keep it pretty separate. I actually almost blew it one time. I was it was really stupid, but I did meet a woman in I live in a fairly small town in Colorado, uh-huh. and um, you know, kind of things where you know people to grocery store
0: now uh-huh. and then stuff.
2: What? Well, I met a woman at a bar once. I was there listening to a friend of mine' band, his band playing, and we started chit chatting. and And she was like forty four, mm-hmm. and um, and we just really hit it off. And she said, "Well, we should hang out. Why don't we get together?" It's like great. So I went there a, a week later, and we had this just incredible, wild, crazy night of just making out and grabbing each other back and forth and just, like, wanting to fuck each other. Um, and I told her I was married. You know, I was really honest about it stuff, and we got super drunk. And, um, but that's all that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. And then she says, well, you're married. And I said, I know, that is kind of inconvenient. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Well, someone, someone anonymously posted a message on my wife's face, Facebook saying your husband is having an affair. I saw him downtown.
1: Oh, that's and pretty the first bad. thing I
2: thought was, yeah. And the first thing I thought was to myself, "Is you freaking idiot? You live in a small town. What are you doing?" But yeah. I was so hungry for it that I didn't really think. Mm-hmm. And and I just and I made up a lie and I just said, "Oh, I was downtown with a bunch of work friends and we were getting a little crazy and you know we all and she knows this about me. We all hug each other and joke around and she never asked again. But you know, I'm sure she probably suspected."
1: Oh, come on. If she didn't trust you because of that one thing that happened at Halloween and then someone saying that, she probably at that point didn't even care. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Because how did she let that fly? (laughs) How did the same person who's sort of like a control freak and totally couldn't forget about the one thing that happened in Halloween like and somebody's like blatantly telling her on Facebook in front of people that you're like having an affair she probably got the details you know someone must have said like he, they saw you and she just like didn't even harp on it maybe at that point do you yeah. Yeah, think by any chance that she's has affairs or, are you, or or is out there looking for other people as well like what do you think she her deal is
0: yeah
2: you know I have I have wondered that mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of friends that know me that, I've, that I talk honestly with at, and I honestly don't know, I kind of don't think so because I just don't see her being that assertive to go out and do something about it, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I, she might be for all I know.
1: You don't know. You know, this is the weird thing about women and menopause. Like, if they don't get the hormones fixed and if they totally lose all of their sex drive, I think it's very different for all women. You know, it's not like all women experience this. But some women just completely lose their sex drive, like, totally, right? And so without that, I think their desire for men goes out the window because what then do they need men for for them not to listen to them for them to be annoying you know what I mean like what does the man bring to the table (laughs) at that point (laughs) I don't know. Like well, something yeah. something to blame things on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, but like maybe she's had her fill, you know, she's been doing that with you. So, I mean, who has initiated the divorce? Like how did that come to be that you bo- did you both agree that I mean, cuz after some people will just stay in an unhealthy marriage for so long, you know. How come do you think at this age you guys are Doing which what what I think is the the good thing and the right thing is actually getting a divorce instead of just sticking around in it you know why do you think now you yeah. guys have decided to do it
2: well it, it, it's interesting she has brought this up several times
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, starting God uh, I don't know five six seven years ago she brought it up and after we had our daughter, and then it came up again a couple of years ago, and I had done a lot of sort of research. I had talked a lot with a counselor, and I know there's differences of opinion on this, but I felt that in our particular situation, it was better to stay together for our daughter for yeah. a
1: while. Mm-hmm. Totally.
2: Um, and that's not always the case, mm-hmm. but um, but uh, we both love our daughter. There's no open hostility. There's no abuse. Right. There's no violence or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, And plus, um, I may have been more ready a couple of years ago, but uh, my daughter's very close friend committed suicide.
1: Right. So she was dealing with that. she's in middle school. Right.
2: She was just devastated. So I said, whatever we're going to do, we're not going to do it during that time.
1: Yeah, totally not. But then
2: I got back from the summer and she sat down and she goes, you know, I'm just done. Uh Mm-hmm. And I think we should get a divorce and, you know, figure out how to divvy things up. And I said, okay, let me do some thinking. I'd already decided during this break I had during the summer that I wanted to do some more counseling to get clarity on this. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And actually, I'm, I'm just about to tell her that, yep, I agree with you. Let's do this.
1: Right, so, so it was this so, summer. It was so it was just a couple months that you just like took to sort of wrap your head around it and say, okay, let's do it now. And you are saying, okay, exactly,
2: uh-huh. exactly. I had a sabbatical from my work, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and so I had three months off, and I spent the whole time out on the west coast rock climbing and
0: uh-huh. going to
2: Burning Man and things like that.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And um, and so I had a lot of time to think, and I really, I really soul searched and decided, like. Really, I just can't keep going like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I I need I need to do something different, whatever that is.
1: Oh yeah, it's just like and, it's like um, you're just shaking shit up and like listen, wherever the chips fall, it's going to be better than where you were. Anything new at this point is going to be exciting. I think. Listen, I think it's so scary, right? Like it's always the mm-hmm. fear of the unknown and everything. But I think it's so brave and so amazing for the both of you to sort of have a whole new life and not to say that because i don't think divorce is a failure you guys were with each other for a long time you have a daughter you'll always be in this person's life she's the mother of your child your child's only 16 so you're still you know what i mean it's not like your child's 30 so you still are going to be together yeah. but the fact that you guys are doing it i think is very brave i think it's very but i think it, and i think it's amazing and i think it's like great because what better way to prolong your life than to just start over new at 60? You know, I think some people think like that's when you're starting to retire and settle down and just a lot <laughs> of people stop taking risks and stop doing new things. You know, yeah. and it's like, I think that it's actually great to do that. And it's just going to revive the both of you in ways that you could never even imagine. You might wind up in another relationship, monogamous, with someone really happy and maybe not doing all this online stuff. Like, who knows? Like, what do you think that you would... Like, now that you have, like, your future, like, sort of, and it's so open, right? Especially being a relationship guy, and you've been really sort of having your needs met in different ways, right? You had the wife at home, and then you had all this cyber sex sort of keeping you fulfilled, right? So what do you think you're going to do when you come in on the other side and you don't have the wife anymore? Do you think you're going to want another, a real relationship again?
2: Yes.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Without a doubt, right, um, and because you know the you know the cyber sex and the chat rooms and all that stuff, those are an outlet, but they're virtual, <laughs> and and there's a lot of reality to them. There's a lot of I mean, you're still communicating with a real person, you know, through a computer that has real feelings and real emotions, and you you develop attachments and a lot of that, but but the the big thing is missing.
1: Oh, yes. And, I, I mean, come um, on. Exactly. That you're not living in your real life and you're, you know, it's not like a real relationship. It's a, it is a relationship. It's a certain kind of relationship, but because you're going to get, lose another relationship, like you're going to have a void, right? So what are you going to fill? Probably oh, yeah. if you meet, but I would assume though... With the way that you are, if you meet a woman in real life that you actually connect with, that you like physically and emotionally, you probably will give up all that online stuff until that goes south twenty years from now. But I, I think that you probably oh, yeah. wouldn't need that because you would be getting all of your needs I, I met agree. from one woman, right? And that would probably be more fulfilling to you. I mean, I hate to, oh, right,
2: totally it would, totally it would. You know, I, there's a there's a woman that I have spent some time with recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met her at, I go to, I've gone to Burning Man every Oh
0: year
1: yeah, I know Burning years. Man people. <laughs> it's amazing. Listen, and Burning I, Man's I amazing. Her, people don't understand. They think it's like some big drug, oh drug fest. Like people don't understand. It's like so much like, um, uh, Amazing art, and it's like brilliant geniuses. Yeah. yeah, that happen to do a lot of drugs and all that other stuff, and a lot of people are naked. But it's just like a, it's really amazing what goes down there. I've never been, but oh, it's not for me. But I think it's amazing. Yeah, well, and and it's not for everybody.
2: Uh-huh. I mean, I. I encourage people to go if it's something that they think they might be interested in. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, people will always say, oh, it's just so much of drugs and sex. It's like, no. No, there's so much There's a much lot of drugs more. and sex yeah. there, mm-hmm. but that's not what it's about. No. Not even remotely.
1: It's like, and if you really talk, I have yeah. friends that do it and I've dated people and so I know, I've seen the stuff that they do there. It's like, fascinating my mind almost can't even like you know when I see that like get, wrap my head around it because there's, there's so much brilliant genius shit that goes on there and it's really super oh creative and stuff you know it's so it's so much more than that and I think that it just gets a bad rap it for is. people that don't really understand so that's my plug for Birdman yeah Man. and
2: really you <laughs> No, and that's a really good plug. I mean, you sound like you've gone. <laughs>
1: no, I had a boyfriend that went, and I put him down for going. I t- I drove with him all the way out across country, and he went to Burning Man, and then I flew back, and I was like, oh, what a loser, Burning is like a bunch of weed heads. But then when he came back, and he... <laughs> He explained, you know, I, 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 he showed me all the stuff and the, the, I was blown away and it, it changed my mind. And since then I've had other friends go and it's just like, I think it's like an amazing experience. And I think if it's something that you can handle, it's like a great thing to, to go to at least once in your life. For me, I can't. I mean, I know you could spend like a lot of money and get like a really nice camper. And I just don't like camping and I don't like outside and I don't drink or I'm totally sober and noise. And I just want to sleep in the Four Seasons. Like, I just can't do it. But I think, (laughs) do you know what I'm saying? I need five (laughs) stars. But I think if you could rough it, like if I was twenty years old or twenty five, like it would totally be my scene. Anyway, so go on. So you've gone to Burning well, and Man. It's a preference yeah.
2: thing. I mean, I I love roughing it, and I'm almost sixty.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, like camping life. is for dirty people. Yeah, I can't. I hate yeah. it. But um, <laughs> it's,
2: it, that's so funny. Yeah. But so anyway, so I met this woman, not this last summer, but the uh-huh. summer before, and uh-huh. we really connected, and we were sort of make-out buddies during Burning Man. She's, she's half my age,
0: uh-huh. um,
2: but, but I really connected with her sort of emotionally and stuff, so we spent a bunch of time together. Uh, we kept in touch. Um, I saw her this summer as I was traveling around, and she let me know that she actually was dating someone. She actually was dating a couple.
1: Mm -hmm. which was
2: really interesting.
1: Polyamorous, yeah. uh huh,
2: Yeah. And then, so then we hung out a lot at Burning Man again this year, and we didn't have any of that tension of, are we going to get together or whatever? We were just like really close friends. And I have to say, I'm a little in love with her, I'll I'll admit it, but um, we had the most amazing times of just hugging each other and holding each other and telling each other how much we loved each other, and I spent the night with her once, and just held her all night. And, mm-hmm. and so, really, that's that's the really big thing that I miss is that
1: tight real connection, intimacy, mm-hmm.
2: real connection. Yeah. Right. Which you're I so had far.
1: Yeah, you're so. Yeah, you and your wife are so far away from that that was so long oh ago, it's God, almost yes. like, right, and so these little glimpses that you have, at like, just to have that with this one girl, it's like, you're in love with her, I would say you're probably just in love with that feeling, and what, I mean, to right? I am. It's like her, yeah. like, my father used to be like, Kathy, you fall in love with someone like 10 years down the line, like, love is, like, not what you feel like in the beginning, you know, it's like 10 years down the line, you know, real love, you're probably... Yeah. how much can you love this girl? Well, probably what you love is the connection and you know, whether it's going to be with yeah. her or somebody else, that is probably where you'll want. I hope that that's where you'll wind up. Cause I think that that's what you're looking for or that's what you're missing. And it that's is. why you're doing all this other stuff.
2: Yeah, it is. And, and you know, until I'm in the, and, and I've realized I'm, you know, since I'm still married, that, kind of makes me unavailable for too much, uh, emotional intimacy. Um, but you're not going to be I married this, soon. This I know
1: you're going to be divorced. Then, you're going to be separated first. Who cares? I, know. I don't know. It's so stupid when people are like, Oh, he's not divorced, but it's like, if you're separated, you're separated. Like who cares when the divorce yeah. actually happens, but you're going to like be separated and you're going to be available and on the market. And then you could, like, you can date yeah. people in your town. Like, people will know. Like, you're really good. It's really going to change yeah. your whole life.
2: It is. And and I think, you know, like you said before, it's the fear of the unknown that I've, totally that scared me.
1: Yes. And but, th- you th- you know, th- it's always like, like when, things when, get worse before they get better. It could, it's not going to just like magically be perfect when it first happens. You might like, it's probably going to be really difficult. But, I would say, oh I have uh, no doubt ninety nine point nine percent chance that after you get through that difficult transition time when because whenever there's change, there's always a death, right, because something you're leaving something behind, so that death yeah. is always hard, right? It's the death of your marriage, even though it was terrible, it's still a death. And I think you have to mourn that and it will be yeah. hard when it's an actual reality. But after you make it through the tough time when you're on the market and then you eventually, eventually you're going to meet somebody. I, I know that. And you're just going to be so happy that you guys did what you did. Cause I think you both are choosing to have a divorce. And I think that that's great for both of you.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, Thank you for saying that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I, I really hope so. And, and a big part of me agrees. Like, there is a part of me that says, oh, great, I get to start dating when I'm 60. That's awesome.
1: Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I write.
2: But the other part of me, anybody that knows me, I mean, no one pegs me for as old as I am. I. I live a really good life and people are like, oh my God, you'll still find someone.
1: Yeah, and, there's somebody for everybody and at all different times, yeah. at all different times, you know, like, so I it agree. doesn't mean, you know, so like for you, you said, we we had um, talked a little bit before, the podcast you had said that you would date a you know forty something year old or forty five year old like you know women in their forties sure. it's hard for you know if you still look good at fifty nine and you're in a small town I'm sure there's like divorcees all around you that are in their like maybe mid forties to fifty you know that still look good women look yeah. good in their forties and fifties it's a very different I team, agree you know so you might be able to you might be surprised um, how easy it is for you to find a companion you're probably just not seeing those kind of women right now because you're fishing in a very different pond you know all this kind of sex stuff that you're doing and all it's you're you know you're doing it with people that probably are not the people that you're going to wind up in a relationship with down the line do you know what i mean um so i
2: i do and i i think that's very possible and you know in the whole like daddy dom little girl thing you know you know i don't have to have that to be happy i think it's really interesting and the dynamics interesting and i'm i'm curious i would love to do that you know in real life and not just online but that is not I
1: don't have to have that. No, really, all you need is a is... woman that's not a dominant, like, you know, bossy yeah. bitch. Like, that's what you've had for a while. And exactly. listen, I could be, I'm not saying anything bad about domineering women. I'm an alpha female to the 10th power. So I, do, so I'm not like putting down that kind of your wife, you know, I don't know her. And I, I'm a strong woman. And it's like, you don't, if we heard her talking, like, you know, you guys are just were poorly matched after so long, whatever, you know, but you just right. probably need somebody with a different personality type like i mean listen we all change and grow and stuff and like you said like you were not by any means somebody that could be pushed around you were able to stand your own with a very domineering woman for a long time which says something about you you know but yeah. you probably do better being with a woman that's you know not so domineering maybe a beta you know not an alpha woman you know
2: or or an or an alpha that understands the difference between like sort of sharing control and being a control freak
1: <laughs> yeah totally because
2: mm-hmm. i i love strong women i love strong smart uh forward gregarious you know, right so you women. like that
1: right you just need one that's a little bit more sort of uh expressing that in a more healthy way because i think sometimes that could go negative or it could go positive yeah yeah you know? Mm-hmm. Your wife probably important. just had some issues that she was hung up about that made her like super, like, not into communicating. You know what I mean? But you could probably meet well, a very oh, strong yeah. and, woman that's like would love to communicate as much as you do, and you know, and everything would be fine. You probably would have been okay with her domineering sort of stuff if she was able to just talk it out, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And I've met, you know, I know a number of women that, um, I mean, some that I've kind of had little plague sort of things with, uh-huh. um, and others that I haven't, but we've e- expressed that there could be interest, and all of them are really successful, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if alpha women are yeah, maybe yeah. the right term, but, but really, you know, confident, awesome women.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's um, what you...
2: Yeah, I haven't... I have,
1: you're gonna, yeah, if you look good at 59 and you're still holding your own and you're gonna, you know, and you're, you're gonna be a veil and you're in Colorado where you are, there's you're gonna, you're probably be surprised at how many women come like onto your radar that you're like, wow, like there's a lot more to choose from than you thought. I believe that that's going to happen. A lot of people get divorced around that age. So like I said, I think you just don't know that world because you're not in it. But once you get on the market and you start going out with your friends, you're going to see. And it's like weird because this whole podcast, we're about an hour, so I'm going to wrap it up. But it's just like this whole podcast. I think I was supposed to focus, you know, on the DDLG stuff. And we got a little (laughs) bit of that. But, I love your divorce story and how you're moving on. And I think it's like so great that you're doing that at your age. And I think it's very exciting and good. So, you know, we talked about all kinds of stuff. So I think it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. We like, ended
2: up talking as much about that as the, as the Dom dominance. And because it's interesting. Thing and,
1: yeah, but it's interesting. I think yeah. it's inter- it was interesting to me. And I think it's good for you to talk it out because, uh, you know, yeah, it's something that you're uh, going through right now, right? So I hope it's okay right that we discussed it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, to- absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, in, and I know from your podcast, they sort of go in whatever direction they go in, and it's great.
1: Yeah, um, you just don't know, and I just, I really see that. I, I really believe that I'm right, and so I want, and I've, I've made predictions before, and I've, they've been right on the money. So I want the update from when this all goes down, and you go out there. I will. I, I do want to know. When you say, oh, my God, Kathy, you were totally right. Like, I totally see you <laughs> in another relationship. I just know that's going to happen for you and you're going to be really happy. I swear. I mean, that's just a, like it well, doesn't. it's not just what I see for you. So, uh, you know, keep me posted and let me know that I'm right. <laughs> well, I will.
2: I will definitely follow up with you. Um, and I, I love your show and I, I love it was a really good talk. It was really helpful to me, too.
1: Okay, cool. I'm glad. I, that's what I always live. So that's what I do. My podcast. So you know, I'm glad that yeah. it was. It was. It's okay that we straight off the other stuff for you too. So, um, thanks sure. for calling in, and sure, like I absolutely. said, keep me posted, and good luck with everything. You're doing the right All thing. All right. Thank you, Kathy. All right.
2: I will, and thank you.
1: Bye, JR. Right. Bye. Take care. Bye.
2: At Giant Eagle, you may have spotted the stacker. With uncanny MyPerks ability, she stacks up the perks to choose either dollars off or up to 20% off her entire grocery bill. The Stacker, stacking up huge savings with MyPerks. Find your My personality and transform your shopping into free gas and groceries. Full details at Gianteagle.com MyPerks. Perks cannot be earned or redeemed on select items. Restrictions apply. Bye.